Sputnik the band is Jeannie. Jeannie and I met at a party in Palm Springs that was centered around James Dean. So we are here to talk about the music, New York, James Dean, old Hollywood today. Jeannie, thank you so much for being on. Oh, thank you, Kat. This is such an honor to be able to be on your podcast and talk about James Dean. I am honored (laughs) that you wanted to be on the podcast. So what is... Get, let's get right let's get right to it. What is your entire what's your thing with James Dean? Okay. So um it's wild that we ended up at that party in Palm Springs and I'd love to kind of give you a little background with how I ended up connecting with him so much. Um I've always with the old Hollywood theme, I've always as a child, I was always staring at pictures of um and actresses, Hollywood, you know, I'd get mesmerized with Humphrey Bogart when I was like five. Like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And Jean Harlow and Vivian Lee and Elizabeth Taylor and all of them. I would just be staring at these pictures. And at one point, my mother cut my hair really short. So I had like a boyish haircut. So then I was like dressing like Frank Sinatra and singing Frank Sinatra songs in these suits that my father had had. And it was like, there was definitely, I was feeling like this connection to that era in history. Mm-hmm. So go off to college. Actually, in high school, I saw a photograph of James Dean, and I was really drawn to the photograph. I hadn't seen any of his movies yet, but it was one of the photographs of him in his hometown in Fairmount with the cap on. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, wow, that guy's cool. I, I can relate to him. I don't know why. And then... When I was in college and right out of college, I, w- I moved to New York and I was just like, d- again, drawn to him. There'd be people selling books about him on the streets and I'd buy books and read about him and I just wanted to understand him and know about him. And the more I read, the more I could relate. Then I saw East of Eden and I was like, oh my gosh, like it just opened the whole um, understanding of him and being able to relate to his character, Cal, you know, and, you know, and, uh, being misunderstood and, you know, a rebel and all that. And so then, uh, that inspired a song and the first song I ever wrote was Sputnik the band, um, is called She's Alive. And it was, um, pretty much based on that story of East of Eden and, so I'm so grateful for him being my muse to get me to write that song because that was the first song that opened up all of the songs that ended up being in my, you know, songs. Get chills. In my- so cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I really, when I look back on that, I mean, I'll never forget. I was living in a loft with like five crazy roommates and I just remember being in the loft working on this song and writing it out. I had just seen East of Eden 
And then, um, and it, you know, it gave me a lot of strength as a young person coming to New York with all of the things that hit you when you get to New York. It's so overwhelming. And uh, he definitely gave me a lot of strength and inspiration as an artist. And uh, then, I don't know, but there was a part of me that almost dismissed it at one point as I was getting a little older. Like, I sort of pushed, I took all the books, I was moving, I put them all in storage, and I have, like, a lot of -of out-of-print books now. I I didn't know they would be at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I put them all in this box and kind of forgot about it. I kept a big photograph of him. It's the same photograph that's on the cover of Lou Bracker's book. And... I have that in my fireplace, um, and that's it. And then I don't really have any other pic. I didn't really have any other pictures of him around. Am I talking? So then I, um, a really good friend of mine who played with Sputnik, his name was Tim Lensel. He was this amazing bass player and one of those people that just had, like, he was like an angel, you know, whenever you played on stage with him, you really felt like he had your back. Like he just had this smile and he was really smooth as a bass player. He was just always in the pocket, so solid. And he played with like so many great people like Lee Hazelwood and Nora Jones and all the, um, what's his name? What's her name? Uh, uh, I can't think of her name right now. Roseanne Cash. And, you know, just played with a lot of amazing people, had his own band called the Brooklyn um, Boogaloo Blowout. And he got sick. He got ALS. He was only in his 40s. And he got ALS. And we didn't know until far in, he was really far into it. And we wanted to go see him before he died. He lived in Palo Alto. And so, like, a few days before we were supposed to go see him, uh, he passed. And so, but we already had the tickets and we're like, let's just go, let's just go. So we didn't really know our way around Northern California at all. And we were just kind of like driving around and we had a gig in Santa Cruz and we were just cruising down highway one. And we felt like Tim was kind of guiding us all over Northern California and kind of guiding us where we needed to go. Cause we really were clueless. Yeah. And, um, I even wrote a song about that. We had a a new single called tour guide which is out now and it's all about this experience of tim kind of guiding us from the other side around northern california and and we were we were we had a gig in santa cruz and then he uh we couldn't afford to stay there a second night because the um it was like labor day weekend and really expensive and so we're like i was like oh well there's a there's like a motel six or Best Western or something in Salinas. Yes. (laughs) And so we're like, oh, wait, we have to go to Salinas because of the song that we have. So we go to Salinas, and, of course, it's like all these cool James Dean things in Salinas. And um, we met all these – we met these people. I don't know if you ever met those people when you were in Salinas that – live on main they have a, a shop on main street mm-hmm. they're a couple oh my gosh if you 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 and your boyfriend go back there you have to go to this shop i i can't think of the name of it right now but they're like they're all into james dean and they have all these stories about 
how he used to love to go to Salinas because the people were so down to earth there. It's almost and, like another Fairmount in a way. Yes, and the whole agricultural. Yeah. yeah, totally. And apparently, he went there because he felt like the Hollywood scene was a little fake, and he liked hanging out with the locals in Salinas. Mm-hmm. And I guess he had met them when he was filming East of Eden. So that was definitely a place he would cruise to and hang out. And um, I thought that was cool. And they had all these really interesting stories that um, I'll definitely give you their info. That's amazing. I would love that. I was t- I told you last night on the phone we went to... Um, we went there just for that dispensary east of Eden and we went and saw the filming locations. That was so that was so cool. That's amazing wow. that you guys got to do that though. I love that it happened that way. Yeah, it was and again, it was almost like our friend Tim kind of led me back to and then I told my friend John, who was really close to Tim, and I said, John, there's all these James Dean things happening. And he goes, It's all connected, Jeannie. It's all connected. Like yeah. everything is connected and and Tim was also very a very special human being, you know. Besides being an amazing bass player, he was an amazing human being with such a big heart and, you know, so loved by many. So anyway, so that was that he opened up the vortex of James Dean coming back around. And then that was a couple years ago. And it was kind of cool. And then again, I got back to my regular life and it sort of faded away. Yeah. So then we're doing all these farmers markets in Michigan and the guy that hosted the band lived on the border of Michigan and Indiana and he's like you guys should just fly home from Indiana it's a lot easier to get to from where I live mm-hmm. so I was like oh well I always thought it'd be cool to go to Fairmount but I never thought I'd ever make it to Indiana but if we're going to be in Indiana I might as well just run over to Fairmount yeah. and check it out He's got chills again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the so the drummer in the band was like, "All right, let's go." So, we're we're driving there, and we're getting close. And all of a sudden, all these stallions, these like wild stallions, came running into the highway on the way to Salinas. I mean, on the way to Fairmount. Sorry. Yeah. And we're like, what is happening? <laughs> like, and none of them had saddles. Like, they were just, like, free horses. And we're like, we have to stop. Like, they're in, they're literally running in. And then they stared at us and then ran and circled back around and ran back onto the property. And we're like, we have to call the police. Maybe they got loose. You know, what should we do? They're just running wild. And so I called 911 and the police officer goes all right we'll take care of it don't worry about it and so then I'm thinking oh this must happen a lot they must get loose and it's a thing but it was so surreal to see these beautiful wild you know horses just you know and that was right so right horses yeah right (laughs) so then I'm like that's wild so that stalled us about 10 minutes so then as we get to entering Fairmount, there's a car flipped over on the side of the road and all these cop cars around. Jeez. And I just, now I'm, get, now I'm getting shivers talking about that part. And we were like, what? Like, what is this? And then 
we were thinking, well, that's interesting. We, we got stalled by those horses. And then when we did finally make it, right, (laughs) then we finally made it. What are you thinking? What what were you going to say? Just like, yeah, that whole, like, we were talking about the spiritual aspect of everything, you know, the stalling of the horses, the car flipped over later. I mean, the timing is. Yeah. And then we ran into someone in Fairmount, when we were in Fairmount, and we told them the story, and they were like, Maybe that was Jimmy protecting you. Exactly. Maybe he sent those horses, you know. And so that all kind of was like, that's when it all kind of opened up again, the whole, like, the whole magic, the magic of him, you know, the magic of what he brought to the world and what he still brings to the world with yeah. his his energy field is so strong and bright. And so we had, the, you know, amazing time in Fairmount, went to all the cool places in Fairmount, and that was magical. And then the last day, I said, do you think we could just drive by his house one more time before we leave town? And and so we went by the house, and I it was really gray and kind of a depressing day. And I'm looking at the barn, and we passed the house. And right as we finished passing the house, all of a sudden, this ray of sun out of nowhere comes beaming through the clouds. And I turned to Nigel, who was driving, and I said, did you see that? And he goes, yeah, like, whoa. Like, and he was kind of just going along with the whole thing with me. He wasn't, he's not like a huge James Dean fan or anything, but when that happened, he was like, whoa. It was really beautiful. It was kind of like, bye, thank you. Like, yes. So, so then that, so then that was kind of like when, I almost feel like it's sounds silly, but like this fairy dust, like I feel like after that, the fairy dust of James Dean has stayed on me now. Mm-hmm. It's not leaving, whereas before it would come in and then now it's kind of like, wow, well, I've didn't been dismissing this. I thought it was just like a teenage thing, like, but it's it keeps coming back. And then um, then I read Lou's book. Lenny told me about Lou's book and was really, um, so I I really wanted to read a book that I hadn't read before because I have so many of them and I wanted one by someone that really knew him as opposed to like, I didn't want a Hollywood thing. I wanted like someone that really knew the guy. So I, I read that on the plane back and was very inspired. And I wrote a note to Lou saying, you know, thank you for writing that book. It really touched my life. And, and then the party, the party happened in Palm Spring. Yeah. So, okay. And so here's what, and I think there, here's one more. Okay. There's two more stories. One was when I came home from my apartment years ago before all this and the picture of him washing his car was on the floor. And I was like, why'd that picture fall on the floor? And then I looked at the date and it was September 30th. So that was like one of those things where I was like, whoa, like, yeah you know, like just, it, it, it was a profound moment. And, um, and then I wasn't sure I could pull off going to Palm Springs. I'll be honest with you. I had just come back from New Mexico. I had a lot on my plate and I really wasn't practical for me to go back to California. And so I was really, I asked my friend Robbie who you met and he was like, sure, I'll go. But I kind of felt like he wasn't serious and I'd be stuck without 
a car in LA and I just didn't something was like I don't think this is gonna happen yeah (laughs) so then I'm in my living room and I'm staring at that picture of James Dean in my fireplace and I just was like so do you really think I should go and meet your friend in in uh in Palm Springs like do you really think I should do that? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so crazy. No, no, and then I the, totally get it. And then the phone rings, and it's Robbie, and he goes, are you coming to California or not? Literally. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. I love it. Ask yeah, me, shall receive. Yeah, and I told Lou that story, and he thought it was really cool. Yeah, so that real, you know, it's really full circle. And then again, we're driving down to, I'm sure you had this experience that day. We're driving down to Palm Springs and it's all gray and kind of a depressing day. And then we get right to Palm Springs and the sun just comes yes. bursting out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's really those moments. They may sound to the listener, not that maybe some people might not think it's a big deal, but, um, I have so much appreciation for James Dean and how he's inspired me on so many levels with just on so many levels. And, um, he almost, it's almost like he's helping. He he taps into the people that really need that light and that, you know, and he's, he's really just, he's, he's right there. High energy. Very. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I told you last night about the, yeah, like the drum story and, and all of that. And I mean, if listeners don't know what that is, you can go back to, I think it, I think it was the fourth episode. Yeah. It was the one month episode that I talked about. Yeah. All, but all it's that. such a cool story. You should just tell it's it. So wild. <laughs> it's, it's that whole thing. Like when I was spending time in his, uh, his New York apartment was West 68th street and the current tenant and I, you know, friend of mine, we were sitting there one night and he was like at his computer and we were listening to jazz and we had a glass of wine and I was still smoking cigarettes at that time and I went to go onto the roof to smoke a cigarette and then in, right. in the middle of this apartment, this little studio is, is a like a table conga drum. It's like not very big. It was just sitting there out of reach of of both my friend and I and it was maybe like 10 minutes before that there was someone down the hall who walked up and and they kind of like yelled to us like hey can you can you guys keep it down it's a weeknight and it's late and and so we turned it down a little bit and so yeah it was like 10 minutes after that I went to go onto the roof to smoke a cigarette friend is sitting at his computer and as I'm walking out the drum just goes bang, 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 like four times consecutively. Wow. And I like, I pause in, in my steps. I paused and I like turned around and I walked slowly back into the room and, and I went to my friend and we looked at each other. I went, did, did you heard that? Right. Like that wasn't, you know, like, that for like affirmation he was like white as a ghost and he yeah we wow. we both heard it we both it, it was it was one of those things where it's like you could believe that something like that would happen but the fact that it did you know it was it was just like oh 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 my god yeah like, 
like yeah like that just does not happen every day no you were you were totally connecting (laughs) and I looked and I I was like looking around the drum for some logical feasible way that that could have happened there was just no way and you know he was way out of reach he was at his computer looking for the next song to play I was walking onto the roof this drum was in the middle of the room by itself nobody near it And to do it, like, a few times by itself, too, is just, like, it was so, yeah. he was, like, that's Jimmy, that's Jimmy, and, like, and it made so much sense. It was, it's so, yes. totally something he would have done with that guy going, hey, can you keep it down, you know? Yeah, right? Yeah, it was, like, he's, like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that, right? It's, like, yeah, because the, those were the stories that he used to play in the, when he lived in that apartment, and that the tenants would get upset so it's like Definitely. he's not going anywhere <laughs> one of my one of my favorite stories that I was told about the apartment was um there was one night where Jimmy brought uh, Harry Belafonte and someone else there on and they went onto the roof and this was I think before uh, the song was released uh, you know what was it called like the Deo the banana song Thing. It's like Dale, Lisa oh, yeah. Dale, daylight yeah, yeah. Um, it was before that was released, I think, but it had been written and everything. Um, and so the story was was it was just so cool to to picture it. Is that they went onto the roof of the conga drums and they just as loud as they could on that roof in the middle of the night one night were singing it and doing the drums and, and I'm like yes. Yes. Wow. I love it. That's beautiful. I love that. That's so beautiful. I never heard that story. I, I think it was one of the, there's a woman who I believe she might still be there or she might have, have passed by now, but she was there when Jimmy lived there and she had stayed there for years and years and years. And so the current tenant, you know, like he's friends with her and like knew her so she told him some of these stories about the things that used to happen when Jimmy was there and what he would do and it was just the funniest that's amazing so yeah I did get to go there um I went there twice but the first time was very rushed Mm -hmm. but one of the things um someone told me was that he used to rehearse his lines for East of Eden on the roof. On the roof, yes. I thought, oh, that's so beautiful. That, um, so cinematic up there. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And then it, it was interesting because the first time I went, the um, person showing me, it was rushed because they were running late for something. So I didn't really get to be in the space. Um, I have gone there since and got to really be in the space, but that time it was kind of rushed and I kind of, when I left, I felt sort of bummed out like, oh, I didn't really get to connect and yeah. And the next day I was getting my hair cut and I was in this salon and they usually play like indie rock music, um, mostly like indie alternative music on the background. So I'm getting my hair cut and all of a sudden a Frank Sinatra song comes on. And it was right after I, I had ha- gone to his apartment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, I got to look up. Because I know one of his favorite Sinatra albums was Songs for Young, Young Lovers. Lovers. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is from that album. So I Google the song or I Shazam it or whatever. And it's from that album. Yeah. And I'm like, and I turned to the girl that's cutting my hair. I said, do you usually play Sinatra in here? And she goes, never. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that's on right now. 
And I was like, yeah, I've never heard it in here either. I've always just heard it like rock. And then another kind of indie song came on and another indie song came on and then another Sinatra song came on. Same album. So, and like there was like three or four songs that came on from that album and it was like, okay, thank you. Yes. You know, it's like these messages come. Definitely. And it's all about, like yeah. you were talking about, being being receptive and being open to them and, you know, kind of like just like going with it, with whatever, you know, happens. It's like, like right. you know, my whole story and everything was so just... You know, I, w- I wasn't looking for it. It just, you know, the way that the steps and the apartment and, and everything, it was like, that was a whole turning point. That was like, and I knew it in that moment. Like, everything has changed from this moment on, you know, and it, and it did. And it did. Yeah. It's just, and it's yeah. just the people that we've been able to meet and and become friends with or, or places we've traveled to from Fairmount to Manhattan to you know everywhere in Hollywood and LA it's it's just like been it's almost like a big giant I don't know it's almost like a scavenger hunt or something I feel like sometimes where it's just like yeah or like some kind of I don't know what for but some kind of clue where it's like oh okay like I guess we're gonna do this you know like, like right when, right like when the event when I first heard about that event that was in Palm Springs that the filmmakers gallery put on, it was like, I, I couldn't, I was like a James Dean event. Like I, I've never, you know, I know that in LA they do, there are a few people who do get together for like his birthday or, or the anniversary of his death. And, but just like an event during the year kind of thing was, was, I was like, really? Um, but I, I was so, fortunate like uh, there was no way I was gonna miss it and that night was another one of those things I'm like okay like I'm supposed to be here right now oh my gosh yeah (laughs) this this one this thing happened I think only me and um his name is Sean Jacobs he was the photographer at the party oh Um, yeah he was so cool he and I okay so we were I, I had never met him before that before that night, but we really hit it off. And there was a moment that we were talking, and you know, I was sitting on one couch, and he was sitting on another couch, and I had like my purse beside me. And as we're talking, I kid you not, we're in the middle of this conversation. My purse by itself like flies off the couch, whoa, onto the floor, and I'm like, I'm I'm not even touching it. I'm not even touching it. And I didn't even, and I, but like, I noticed it, like, it just like went, it was like somebody pushed it off or something, you know? And it was very, very sudden in the middle of our conversation. And I noticed it, but I didn't say anything to him because I I experienced weird stuff like all the, all the time. And and I was like, oh, I was like, okay, like Jimmy's here. But he's, he stopped the conversation. He's like, um, you did you just notice that that happened like asking me if I, I was like yeah I saw it like I know like and he was like whoa like he was he was really beside himself about it and it was so funny I was trying to be super low-key I'm like um experience that kind of stuff a lot but for somebody else to like draw attention to it was funny uh well, that's the thing. That's the thing that I've noticed is there is definitely the, the things falling. Yeah. The, 
or things like books falling. Like I've noticed it more. Um, and I think the guy that lives in his apartment says that too, that like things will fall off the shelf and that's how he knows like he's around. Stuff happens. There was, um, yeah, there, there have been moments where like we'll be talking about him or something will be going on and like this happened just the other week. Um, I was, you know, my, my boyfriend is, is we were talking about, he's very, very into James Dean also. And, and that's how we met was, was because of my James Dean tattoo. He was so interested in it and we just hit it off. And there was a, it was a couple weeks ago where, I don't know, we were like something, something had happened or we were like a little frustrated with each other in that moment. And, uh-huh. and he was cooking in my kitchen and, um, <laughs> we hear this loud thud from the other room and I stopped and I was like, do you, did you hear that? Like, it sounded like it was really loud. And, and so I went into my, and it turned out it was in my room and it was my pea coat that I had from Manhattan that like, I love so much that, that was like Jimmy's and uh, it was like my whole coat rack had fallen on the ground. Whoa. <laughs> And that had never happened before, ever. And yeah, so I walk in my room and I was like, how did it make that loud of a sound? It was just like my little, it was a little coat thing on my, on my closet door. And then Mm -hmm. later that night, um, we were, we were hanging out and my iPad started playing music by itself and lighting up and stuff like that. And, and we both noticed it and it was just the, the back to back. And I, I just, I was like, okay, all right, I guess I, I, I got to chill out. Cause like we were a little <laughs> frustrated having a yeah. little like heated moment. And I took yeah. that as like, all right, chill out cat. Yeah. Right. Like, I could totally, totally, yeah. I, I totally could see that could be a message it was, for sure. It was definitely like stop and pay attention to what's going on. You know, like that yeah. whole, I got that immediately. I was like, oh. I better, I better chill out. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah that right, kind of right. That's beautiful. That's actually a beautiful message was, in a way yeah, it to was, be able to. It was so cool. And to, yeah. to have, I wish he was on the podcast today, um, to have, to be, to be with somebody too, that is so like on that level also, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. is, um, it's, it's, it's cool. Cause it's like, they're also experiencing it, you know, but there are so many, you know, who are, are into Jimmy and, and all of those that have these like certain things that have happened or they're, they're just not logically explainable, you know, and however right. you want to twist it, you know, like some people <laughs> flat out don't believe in things like that, but there are just so many things that have happened to so many people like that. It's it's like, I don't know. I'm definitely a believer that the veil is thin. We are coexisting yeah. with other other realms. It's just right. how open and receptive you want to be to it. You know, right, and, right, and yeah, embracing definitely. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Wow. And they, you know, and they, you know, for, for me, I, I feel like he's really been a guide to get me to take action. Mm-hmm. Like he's all about action. Like you've got this creativity, use it. Don't just be stuck. Like t- 
take, move it, move it, move, 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 move. It's Absolutely. always about movement. That's what I, I always get. And, um, you know, that uh, singer from Fountains of Wayne passed mm-hmm. away a couple of days ago. Yeah. So sad. And he was such an inspiration to me. And um, sometimes early in the morning is when I, I get my, my writing really, I get inspired as the sun's rising. And, um, and it just, sometimes it's just the forces with me. Like, like we were talking about this the other night where sometimes when you write a song or a poem, it's not even you, it's like you're channeling something else. So the other morning I was really still shocked about Adam and, and I walked over to this keyboard and I'm not really a piano player, but I've just been playing on piano lately. And First of all, I went to, like, get this piano set up, and the book that I put on the mantle that's back behind me was right by the piano, and it fell and crashed onto the floor. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. And then the song just kind of wrote itself, and the style of the song wasn't even really my style necessarily. It was like it all just, like, the keys... (laughs) I don't know. I, I was just—it yeah. was wild. It was wild, and it's—I dedicated the song to Adam. It's really a, a, acknowledging him, but I feel like Jimmy was also kind of there, helping it along. Giving that little push. I yeah, I, yeah. I, I and, definitely get that. That was, you know, like the last. I took like a little, you know, musical hiatus from. I get the last real performance that I did was in Fairmount. It was on. Wow. It was during the festival. My friend Brandon, he is starting. uh, He was on the very first episode. He lives in Jonesboro. He lives like a mile and a half from the cemetery and the the farm. And we all. What's episode? Oh, oh, the episode. Okay. Got it. The podcast episode. Yeah. And um, he last year was the very first year. He's going to be doing it every year now, an annual um, concert. He has a giant barn on his property. And, um, and Jimmy, there, there are some stories that, that Jimmy used to go there and he'd play basketball and and there were things with the hoop and stuff in in there. He could tell you better than I could, but, um, he, it was so special. That was the first year he's doing it, but he's going to be doing it every year. Um, that was my, I guess like, yeah, my last performance, real public performance. And then I took a little hiatus and I've been doing more acting and, but talking about channeling and songwriting, you know, Alan Merrill, you know, passed last Sunday, and and that was hard, uh, you know, writing, and and it's something that I don't know if it's channeling or if it's just like a comforting way of <laughs> dealing with it. It's like these songs and these lyrics are coming out and you know, and they're about him, but it's, 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 it's also like, it's like a different style, but, but I don't, I don't know if it's just more comforting than anything with it all. Not easy. Yeah. 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 But I, I'm, I think you're going to have a lot of interesting experiences with that, with your processing, processing it and also using the process of processing it into whatever you create, whether it's like a role or, a song or whatever I think you're gonna have you're gonna get waves of it's like it comes in waves sometimes totally you know it's it's really weird you know to 
I, I think I literally, I literally just realized this as I was talking about it just now. It's like, you know, losing, you know, like I've lost a lot of people in my life, like family members, mostly family members. Alan was actually the first like friend that I've lost, you know, um, which is, you know, like I've lost like aunts and uncles, cousins, lost my mom, my brother, like, you know, a lot of people, um, but he was the first friend and I, yeah, I guess what's so interesting right now talking about it and realizing is that through all the loss, I never had the like burning desire to go pick up my guitar and and grieve that way with, with Alan, it's, it was immediate. Like, give me my guitar, give me my guitar. I got to write it. I got to write, I got to, I got to write these songs. It was like, this, wow. I, don't, I don't know if it was, if it is just because he was a songwriter and, and it's like, I feel a little closer to him and it's comforting mm-hmm. or if it's, or what it is, but it's really interesting to think about. Wow. I just realized yeah. <laughs> Real yeah, time. Like he, yeah, right. It makes sense though. If that was, he was a creator and a musician and he probably really wants you to, you know. I just feel like, yeah, it's like the best way to honor someone who's a musician and a songwriter and also having those abilities to be able to do that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. What a gift. He's, he's, he sounds really special. He was a heck of a guy, man. I I just, I can't wrap my head, can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's gonna, (sighs) it's gonna take some time. I'm sure. Sure. So talk more. I guess we're all we got off subject a little bit, um, but it's all part of it. I think it. Yeah. It makes that episode's so. great. Um, more on old Hollywood. You were talking a little bit about Liz Taylor last night. Oh yeah. Um, well, that's a funny thing. Like she, I've always really, I've always thought she was really cool. Like she's kind of cool. She has, she's feisty, but she's also kind of cool and calm in a way. Like, when you compare her to other women during the time that she was around, um, I I just, I feel like she kept her cool publicly on some level. You know, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but she seems like she was really shy and calm. She was calm and shy and didn't necessarily... She had to play the game, but she didn't necessarily play the game. It was like she did things on her terms. That's the vibe I got from her. And that she had such a, the kindness, um, you know, her ability to fight for AIDS when a lot of people weren't even accepting that during that time. And she was such a, you know, an advocate and fighter for, for that cause and had so much compassion and really didn't care what people thought. You know, she just went out there and really helped so many lives. Um, and I, I got the sense, uh, that she helped Jimmy, Mm -hmm. that she was kind of like a mother figure for him. I could see that. And a, a confidant, you know? And so somehow I feel, I feel like, a beautiful uh energy from her and sometimes I try to kind of access when I'm feeling insecure or nervous and I, I was telling you sometimes I get nervous around like strong 
intimidating women and I kind of like access, well, what would Elizabeth Taylor do? And I kind of am able to kind of pull up this, this strength that I might not have in the moment. And I feel like she had that. Yeah. She was tiny, but mighty. She was so good. Yes, totally. My, my, um, I don't know if you saw the post, my, one of my, one of my friends, she, uh, she used to, I met her on set one day, we were working on the same show, and she used to work at, she worked at Warner Brothers for years, like back, back then, and, uh, mm-hmm. there was, there was one instance where she was, she was on set, and she was at the little, like, craft services table, like, making some food and everything, and they were on a break or whatever, and Liz, uh-huh. Liz walked up and, and started, like, making a hot dog, like, putting, like, chili and cheese and stuff on it, and, um, I guess they, they struck up a little conversation with each other, and, um, you know, just kind of, like, some funny conversation or something like that, I can't remember the details, but at, at one point, I guess Liz's, uh, like, her bodyguard came up, and it was time for her to, like, go back to, you know, she was leaving the set or something, and, She's, she said something to my friend to the effect of, um, oh, they're coming to take me away back to my moat and castle, you know? Like, what a bore. Like, she was just making a right. joke, like, you know, but she was, like, so, like, humble and, and down to earth and funny, you know? That's the biggest thing that yeah. I hear is, is how funny and, like, sassy and witty she was. And I love that. Right. So good. Yeah, she was real. Yeah. She was real. Like, you could... You didn't feel like she was putting on an air. She was just very genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, oh my gosh. I have a story. You'll love this story so much. Um, There was, this was a couple, this was a couple months ago. Where was it? Maybe it was January. I think it, yeah, I think it was January. Um, I was, I was in North Hollywood and I was getting ready to go get like my iPad screen fixed or something. It had cracked and I was, I was walking and as I was walking, I passed this, um, this, this little boutique shop and it had leather jackets, like old leather jackets outside of it. And I've walked by this place before, but that day I, I felt like I needed to go in to the store. And mm-hmm. I didn't go because I, I needed to go get my screen fixed. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll go get this fixed. And if it's still open when I'm out and when it's done, then I will go in. So I ended up getting it done. And as I was walking back, it was still open. And I walk into this store and it's just like all this crazy cluttered stuff. And it's like trinkets and antiques and everything and jewelry and stuff like that. And, and the, uh, the owner of the store, he called, he, you know, he starts making conversation with me and I don't even remember, I didn't say anything about old Hollywood, but he started telling me that like a lot of the stuff, uh, belonged to, to like actors and actresses. And and it was like a lot of things that like famous people had owned and stuff like that. (laughs) And I was like, Oh really? Like, do you do you, uh, like, what's your, what's the newest thing that you got? Or, you know, like what's, what's in here that's like really no noticeable, you know, or notable. And it had just, it had turned out that Liz Taylor's estate had just had an auction and they auctioned off, they auctioned off, I get chills. They auctioned off a lot of, of like her jewelry and clothes and stuff like that. 
and he bought like two of her necklaces and um like two of her belts and they had like belt buckles and everything and he let me put on one of the necklaces and oh my gosh. He let me put on one of the necklaces. Did you take a picture? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, I'd love to see that. I'm going to send it to you. And yeah, like it had the little placard thing, like, you know, the estate of Liz Taylor. And it had like the whole, you know, like where it went. The belts, the belts were like, they were, they reminded me of the giant era. And I, I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. I wonder if, if, if that's where those are from. Like, did she have those, you know, it was. Just yeah. like the way that it all was, and the necklaces too were very like Western looking, and and I was I'm like holy crap, like I was wearing her necklace and like yeah, they may have been from when she was doing that film. It it looked like they were, and like if you'd seen them, you could definitely see her wearing that, you know, in Texas on a you know it's crazy. Yeah, but it was yeah. so wild just to like walk by that place and just have this like feeling like I gotta go I need to go in there I don't know why yeah. but I just like I feel like I gotta go in there and so to come yeah. back later and then find out that like like I didn't think I was gonna wear Liz Taylor's jewelry that day it was so mm-hmm. crazy yeah so yeah weird. I feel like she's someone too that I I almost want to like give some like she was such an icon and she still is but I feel like it's there was a time when she was like really like you know mm-hmm. and I was in Macy's in Manhattan one day and I I went by all these different perfumes and I saw her perfume and I turned to the perfume guy and I said you should have a big beautiful black and white poster of Elizabeth Taylor by this perfume like you should really showcase her as this glamorous and he's like that's a great idea because I was like it's all hidden in the corner no one's gonna really know but if you bring you know even the younger generation they'll see wow she was this incredible force and instead of it being kind of hidden away in the corner Mm -hmm. you know because all the other perfumes were like being featured and then her section was kind of like not that and I just thought maybe it needs a little rebirth or something definitely absolutely did you ever go back and see if they did it um no but I've had other miss like interesting experiences in Macy's with that I just yeah it's all it's (laughs) but yeah I've had some really Macy's in New York if you ever go there yes you might have an interesting experience there just um I felt I definitely felt uh I don't know <laughs> yes. I feel it okay. we, yes. we can cut that part out it's all good <laughs> all good do you want to talk a little bit about more about your music and any upcoming oh, yeah. thing well I guess we're in quarantine right now so it's kind of hard to um yeah but like well yeah, I'm sorry, what were you thinking? Oh, no, 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 yeah, just, like, anything about um, any, like, upcoming things or, or song, like, single releases or, or anything else coming up? Sure. Yeah, so, um, one thing I was thinking would be interesting to share with you is the, how we came to be called Sputnik the Band. Yeah. Um, it, the story with that was, I was, in my apartment, there was a snowstorm, 
And the band I was in at the time had just broken up and I was feeling kind of like, what am I going to do now? Like, I'm like lost and what am I going to do? And I hadn't really felt confident as a songwriter. I had written that one song about James Dean, but I still didn't feel like that confident. And so I started writing this song on, on this little keyboard um, and looking at the snowflakes. And I was thinking about the dog that was sent to outer space in the 50s in Russia. Did you mm-hmm. ever hear that story? Mm-hmm. The dog's name was Laika. Okay. And they sent her in this little satellite because they wanted to see if life could survive in outer space. But they knew that they had no way to get her back. Mm-hmm. So they knew that they were going to send her out in the satellite and never see her again. Yeah. And so I wrote the song from pers- the perspective of the dog and what the dog was thinking. And the song that I wrote was called Sputnik Song for Laika. And I'm watching the snowflakes and then imagining a, sat- imagining a satellite kind of spinning and the snowflakes and being kind of out there. And I was feeling kind of like pushed out too because our band broke up. And I was trying to identify, how did this dog feel? Like, was it traumatized? Was, you know, it didn't have any choice. It was just forced to go in the satellite. Anyway, so I wrote the song. It's like a waltz. And it's on our first album. And then that kind of was the birth of, we decided to just name the band after that story. I love it. And then... You know, and as, and now you know our band, the band, um, we have the same four core members, and uh, we also sometimes add. It's indie rock, but sometimes we have jazz elements added in here and there, just depending on what venue we play in. But we mostly play in New York, Lower East Side, like pianos and yeah. Rockwood Music Hall, and we have two singles that came out recently. One is called Tour Guide, which is the one I was telling right. you about. That's about driving down the um, Highway 1 in California, and Tim. And then the other one is called 20 to Go. Mm -hmm. And that's got some also themes of Jimmy Dean and driving. And so those are the two new ones. You can get them. They're streaming everywhere right now. I love it. You guys have a website. Yeah, we we may, mainly it's our Facebook. If you just type in Sputnik the band, mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff comes up, and Instagram you can and yeah, that. you can get all our stuff. It, as long as you put Sputnik the band, you'll see where it, all the different channels where you can download it. Amazing, but but it's been yeah, it's been a journey. They're like my family. My that band is like a we're like a family and. We've had ups and downs, and we had to take a break at one point, and it's been, but we've all sustained it, which I feel so much gratitude for these guys that, that we've been able to keep it together. Yeah. Um, and it had, you know, it's not always easy. Everyone has different opinions all the time, but, but at the end of the day, we really all love each other so much, and there's that respect. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just feel, I again, I, I just have so much gratitude that we've been able to, you know, put out three albums. We have a new one coming out. The singles are coming out, but we're going to have a full album out this year. It's amazing. And, I'm so happy. I love that. And definitely when this quarantine's over, I'm going to go see you guys perform in New York and yeah but oh thank you but you know and I want to see you too yeah this is put a show together this 
Yeah, totally. Well, this quarantine is a real opportunity for artists, you know? Um, I don't know. I'm just really trying to use the time to create. And when do we have this opportunity? Absolutely. I mean, it's so... It's a big, big way to internalize things, you know? It's just like change and evolution, but being inspired and finding that artistic you know, I'm looking on, I'm looking on Facebook and looking on Instagram and all this stuff. And I'm seeing this crazy increase of like musicians streaming live and performing from their homes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm yeah. seeing all these things. I'm going, yes, yes. Like if anything, I mean, the art and the songs and the music and the things that are going to come out of it, um, I'm so thrilled about. And, and same yeah. too. It's like, like I was talking about with the whole songwriting and music, like I took a hiatus, just kind of needed a little, a breather away and, you know, and it sucks that it has, that it took, you know, losing Alan to give me that spark and, and really just like, I got to play, I got to write, you know, but, um, I think the two things together, like we're saying, like the quarantine and then the music is, um, it's a real chance to make some some great art yes absolutely because there was the first few days of it I found myself just watching the news and getting all freaked out and then I don't you know different I was reading different things and then all of a sudden I was realizing like I can either get sucked into the vortex of CNN and all of the news or I can create value from this really um, difficult time in the world right. and right. like you said I think there will be oh those were the years of the quarantine and these are the songs and art work that was made during those years of the quarantine was that was like maybe you know some people oh the depression years there was right. all these different music that came out of the depression years and so it is a really profound time in history mm-hmm. to be an artist and yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's amazing. Was there anything else that you, you want to touch on or you want to talk about before we wrap the episode up? I just, yeah, I just wanted to say that I hope um, to have more fun Jimmy Dean yes. music so adventures. Absolutely. And maybe we'll meet again either in California or New York or Fairmount. It's going to or... be somewhere. I have no doubt. Definitely. I'm, I know I'll be there again in September and, you know, doing the whole thing with, with Brandon's thing. Maybe you could get on that if you came out and wanted oh, to perform. That would be fun. He's, that would be super he's, fun. He's been such, just such good people. It's like a big family. We did a big, big bonfire after the show that night and just – sat nice. around playing guitar and you know I mean it was oh, I miss it that sounds, that sounds okay I know I, I talked to Kip about it at um at the party in Palm Springs yeah. and he said he said you know I missed it one year and I was so depressed that I didn't go um I, you know, I guess he goes every single year and, yeah. and the one year he didn't go he was really bummed out because I'm kind of like oh I don't know if it would be sensory overload for me all this James Dean it might be overwhelming because I'm not really a deaner right you know right. yes same same <laughs> oh you you uh trust me you're definitely we have a little we have a little click I guess that like Brandon you know like his his house um 
and he grew up there. He grew up in, in Jonesboro and Fairmount, like, uh-huh. you know, went to the high uh-huh. school and everything. And he's definitely right. not a deaner either. I don't really consider myself specifically, but the, the people that, that, um, I guess that we, we that we were hanging out with because it was my first year there. Um, I, okay. I had never been to Fairmount. I had never been to Indiana before, and mm-hmm. so coming there and you know a few of us like staying at Brandon's. You know, and these are people that have like gone every year for like twenty years or you know like things like that. But yeah, so many people were saying the same thing. It's like you know when they first started coming to the festival, it was, you know, oh, James Dean, James Dean, James Dean. And then as, you know, the, the week progresses or, like, the days progress with the festival, you, you know, you make these friends that are, like, become, like, family. And then it becomes, right. like, it's this yearly, almost, like, reunion of, like, friends and, you know, because we <laughs> see each other on Facebook and stuff, but having that time right. to, to connect. We spent, you know so much time we would we would go out to the grave like at night there'd be like eight of us we'd go out there and we'd drink wine and seven up and wow. we would play like billy holiday and you know just oh. laugh and talk about life and we're just sitting there at night all of us around the grave and just hanging out and that's beautiful so that special. is beautiful yeah, yeah. i mean it's something that i'm still considering i think i just i yeah, I. <laughs> it just seems like oh, I don't know. Will it be? Will I get overwhelmed? I don't know. It's special. But, it is. It can be kind of yeah. interesting. The festival itself on on the mm-hmm. little main street in Fairmount, but everything else that surrounds it, just like the people, they're just so yeah. so, so great. You know, it just yeah. really makes it um, amazing more than anything. I think, but. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a really, really special thing to be able to do in your life. And totally. and I, I every person that I've met through that whole scene has been so kind and funny and interesting. And Definitely. yeah, well, so yeah. We all got cool brought together under the same umbrella. <laughs> totally. Um, one thing I did want to say, I wanted to just give a shout out to thank Lou Bracker. Yes. Oh, he, um, I know you had, you were able to interview him. It's so amazing. You got to do that. And I just am so grateful. He wrote that book because that book really opened up, um, the understanding of who Jimmy really is as person as a human being as a friend and and the way he wrote the way he expressed it in that book um was really like healing in a way to read it and really understand jimmy as a real human being a real guy a dude in 50s california you know and um absolutely so thank you so much lou thank you for writing that book man one of my favorite stories that wasn't in the book that he, um, we asked him on the podcast, we said, if there was like anything that you would have put in the book, if you could go back, you know, um, mm-hmm. what would it be? And, and, um, he said, uh, it was a memory that was buried so deep that, you know, d- didn't come out for a long time, but it resurfaced and it was, um, it was after, Lou had taken Jimmy's horse, Cisco, and uh, 
he he put it he put Cisco on his fam on his family's ranch, Lou. And um, afterwards, so Jimmy and Lou, you know, they were in the car together, and we were they were taking Cisco to the, to the ranch, and then they drove mm-hmm. they drove back to L.A. And on the way back, uh, Lou said it was probably one of the most important things, and he didn't realize it at the time. Um, Jimmy Jimmy turned to Lou and he he said, "Do you like Italian food?" Yes, and yes. Um, and that was. Lou said, you know, it resurfaced after he wrote the book. He remembered that memory and and really realized what Jimmy was saying because, you know, Italian food was, was, you know, the Villa Capri was like Jimmy's, was his sanctuary. It was his his hideaway. It was his place away from from everything where he could just be himself and, um, and he never really took anybody there. So to ask Lou that question insinuate, you know, to bring him to the Villa Capri was kind of like his, you know, initiation, if you will, of, of, of a friendship and, you know, what he yeah. really thought about Lou by, by taking him there. It was such a special and rare thing. And so Lou, that was the one thing Lou said, if he could have put in that book, it would have been that story, which I just thought was it's so touching, so touching. Yes, I remember when he told that story, and yeah, I mean, so such a simple question, and it opened up a whole other world, Definitely. you know, the Villa Capri world. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Sounds like they had some wild times at the Villa Capri. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would, I would kill to. I wish it was still up, man. You know, there's, there's some other places that. You know, he used to frequent, and they used to frequent that are still here, but the Villa Capri is, uh, that was one of a kind. I would have loved yeah. to have been able to, to see that place, to go there. I know. So. I know. Yeah. Sounded really special. Definitely. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we will wrap up the episode. Thank you so yeah. much for being a guest on the show. It's been amazing. Oh, Kat, it's really been fun, and it's cool to be able to communicate from two different coasts and tell all these great stories that really need to be told, you know? Yeah, absolutely. They gotta gotta keep going, gotta keep creating, going. Inspiration, life is short. (laughs) Yes, yes, keep it alive, keep it flowing. Definitely. Stay Stay in motion. Oh, one thing that I ask every guest at the end of the show is, and since since you do music, what advice would you give to aspiring musicians, songwriters, performers who are listening? Okay. Uh, okay, let me think here. Let me think here. Um, keep going even if it feels like you're stuck or or you're blocked or you're feeling doubt, try to move through the doubt and try to create each day. And, you know, even if it's just writing a sentence down or something, um, but don't be swayed by the naysayers and people that, you know, try to like pull you down when you're trying to move forward. Like stay around the positive people that really want to build you up and um and don't get swayed you know just keep going keep going keep going Absolutely. and and enjoy it enjoy the journey of creating 
and connecting with other people and musicians and artists and and because it, it is like your it's a uh, mission that we're given in this lifetime to be able to tell these stories and and then share them and inspire people in the world and through that we can heal people too through the stories we tell that's beautiful that's a beautiful answer i love it so good my like my second episode um when i had alan i went back and i recently like listened to it again and i asked him the question i love i love to ask like whether it's like a writer to aspiring writers or musicians to aspiring musicians or alan uh he goes he said what did he say he said shoot for the stars and make it to mars and don't let the <laughs> bastards get you down I love it. That was a simple. That was what I was trying to say. It was so good. I was like, I know. I, I, yeah. I felt that. I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely, absolutely. I love it. He did like bullet point version. He's so good. <laughs> really so good. simple. That's beautiful. I love that. I got to write that down. That's it's, great. It's true, you know. But it's exactly what you said too. It's just you know, everyone. It's like got to keep doing it no matter what. Yeah. You were given this this gift and this ability and to not mm-hmm. use it would be such a waste of a contribution to, you know, life. Yeah. Got to do absolutely. it while we're here, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So keep it going, keep it flowing and, and enjoy it. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much. This concludes another episode. Jeannie from Sputnik the Band. Okay, thank you so much, and we'll see you soon somewhere. Absolutely.